From 8th Street to 8 Mile Road, from I-5 to Highway 99, Podcast Stockton. The show all about the great life in Stockton, California. This is Podcast Stockton. Welcome to Podcast Stockton, episode 93 for June 2nd, 2014. I'm Susan Spraker. And I'm Matt Beckwith. Welcome back to all of our returning listeners. If this is your first time listening to Podcast Stockton, thanks for checking out the show. Matt, in this week's show, you and Rod had a chance to sit down with Marquee from Marquee Entertainment. Yeah, I think we can consider Marquee one of the most prolific uh, DJ and entertainers in, in San Joaquin County. He is certainly made a name for himself in the wedding business, but also uh, doing corporate events and even fashion shows. And uh, today we get to sit down with the uh, very positive and infectious Marquee from Marquee Entertainment. We are joined in the Outback today by uh, none other than Marquee, one of the people in Stockton that you only need to say one name. Marquee from Marquee Entertainment, thanks for coming into uh, Podcast Stockton today. Thank you as well. Thank you. It's a pleasure. You have been a entertainer in the Central Valley for a very, very long time. Um, most people would probably recognize your name as a, a wedding DJ, an event um, MC or host. What... Uh, um, let's, let's start there. Where did you, or how did you get your start doing that? Well, you know, I've just turned uh, 37, and um, <laughs> as I go back, <laughs> as I go back in time, uh, it was my early, early beginnings in Tracy. So this has been going back to like 1974, putting on events and hiring a DJ when a DJ wasn't available. I had to be the one DJing. So those were kind of early beginnings. At that point, I lived to talk a lot, love, enjoyed organizing, and um, that was the beginning. Putting things on, a lot of speaking, which kind of led to singing in a band, led to emceeing as well. So you were putting on shows where you were the promoter, you were promoting shows at, at a very young age, if it was in the early to mid-70s? Yeah, and you know, I never thought about it back then. I mean, we never really used the word promoter. We just got all the kids <laughs> together and go, we're going to do this, or just kind of in our own fun way, word of mouth, advertise that we're going to have a fun day of dancing or a fun evening of dancing. So what brought you out to uh, to Stockton? Well, I, you know, of course, I grew up in Tracy, and um, which I had a wonderful upbringing in Tracy. I love Tracy. I would do it again if I could. But uh, growing up in Tracy my entire life, I graduated, and I'm gonna make a long story, I'm gonna kind of give you the answer in a kind of a roundabout way. <laughs> I love the roundabout way. We love that, that's, that's the way we like it. <laughs> and uh, I played basketball my senior year, and I was okay, I was okay. But after I graduated, then I played like every day. And I'd go to the gym, I'd shoot until my arms would hurt, come back and shoot and shoot, and played city league and just played a lot. Two years out of high school, some friends and I were on a basketball court outside. And a guy came up and he said, are you playing anywhere? I said, no, I started to come to Delta, but I was working at the time, so I couldn't commute and that type of thing. And he was with one of the coaches from the high school, which is a wrestling coach. And he invited me to dinner, so I thought, you know, okay, he wouldn't tell me why. Hmm. So I'm sitting there and the guy says, are you playing anywhere? I said, no. He said, you should be. Would you like to? 
I said, yeah. So the guy got on the phone, made two phone calls, and a week and a half later, he drove me to Montana on a full-ride basketball scholarship. Wow. So I always have to share that story because it never happens. Right. And Tracy, outdoor court, two years out of high school. Oh, yeah. So where'd you go in Montana? I went to Western Montana College in Dillon. Yeah. And uh, Montana is, is a very interesting place. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Now, some people that came from other places back east had a little tougher time out there. But I grew up in Tracy, as mm -hmm. you know. So for me, Montana was just like Tracy. And I got out there, and the people were a little slower paced, but they were like people I grew up with. Yeah. Um, but I learned very quickly that in Montana, if you don't like to hunt, and you don't fish, and you don't like the cold. <laughs> That's where the big difference is right. between Tracy and Montana. And Montana. I, mean, I was with you because... Because 30, 40 years ago, Tracy wasn't anything. It was a it was a small little, dusty little town. Exactly. Okay, like Montana, but you didn't have the weather. Oh, no, 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 you no. You had snow. No. It was so deceiving because you could look outside and it looked like it was about 70 or 80. Some shorts and tank top, you run out there and all of a sudden, you're like, oh, it's like 30. Oh, it's just like stop and run back in. So then you realize that when I go outside, I'm going somewhere, you know. But, uh, yeah, that was a great experience, though. Great experience. So you played ball in Montana. Uh-huh. Then eventually you came back. Did you go back to Tracy? Yeah, I came back because my family was in Tracy. And I was in Tracy for just a short period of time. And then I ended up moving um, to Stockton from that point. And, and what did what, you start doing when you came to Stockton? When I got to Stockton, I got a job at Leeds Shoe Store yeah, in the okay. mall. Yeah. And uh, it was neat, though, because... It was in the mall. I was just moved there. I didn't really know anybody. And unfortunately, all the people I met were women. Oh, <laughs> because Leeds was a women's shoe store. Yeah, yes. So when I would go out and things, I mean, that's all I knew were the women that shopped there. And I know the guys would go, who's this guy? I mean, he never talks to us. I didn't know him. But I knew <laughs> these people. So Leeds was a wonderful beginning for a job. You know, yeah. I love sales anyway. Yeah. So you go from sales to, again, now you are an entertainer. As we sit today, this is what you label yourself as an entertainer. What brought you from shoe salesman to entertainer? How, how do you even make that leap? Oh, that's a great question. Actually, it's funny because I did sell shoes for a little while when I was in Tracy at Carl's Shoes. And it was interesting because the, the dynamic of people coming through, there were a lot of people that worked in worked a farm. So there were a lot of Hispanic people come in. So then I was able to learn Spanish in addition to what I learned in school. So they came and said, ocho, ocho y medio, si, zapato, si. I mean, that was good. <laughs> but I, I didn't really translate that moving forward to where I got a job selling shoes again in Stockton. And I think that was just something that was just going to just, one of those things that was going to happen. It wasn't a plan at all. I saw the ad, interview, got the job. I'm like, oh, this is nice. And met a lot of people. Met a lot of people. And then you turn it into a DJ entertainment powerhouse. Well, you know, I, I think back then, I, I'm still shy. And, uh, <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> but back then, I just liked getting involved in doing things. And when I was working at Leeds in the mall, I wasn't really doing a lot of the same thing I do now but I would go out. And at that time, Stockton had a lot of places to go. 
I mean, there's clubs and nightlife, very brisk. So I just go out to them. And then it became a point in time where I got more involved in those things. And I was emceeing and we were doing the modeling. And that opened up a lot in terms of visibility because now you're seeing people, they see you. And that's kind of where that began. What was the first job that you did as an entertainer? Was it a DJ job? Was it an MC job? What was the first thing you did? Probably going way back, because in Tracy, I was doing that type of thing. And we sang, sang in a band in Tracy. When we were younger, just out of high school, we had a band called Cold Train. Ooh, yeah, and we were, we were cool, yeah. We did Santana, because one of the guitar players loved Santana. And that's, that's what I did for a long time with the band. So that would have been the first part of it. And then moving forward, I sang with another band in Stockton before I left for Montana. And because um, of the beauty pageants pageantry so there's always a lot of talking someone said at one point Marquis um, we see you speak a lot we're gonna have a fashion show would you like to be the MC?" and I had never done it before I thought great challenge so that started that episode when you were selling shoes at Leeds did you think you were gonna turn into a full-time entertainer was it already on your radar no no you know I think back then I was just enjoying selling shoes because I just, I, the people part was, was good for me because the people came in, they were happy, they were going to a joyous occasion. You know, we developed good relationships and they came back. And we were on commission then too. So when they came back, they came to your area. So that was the rewarding part then. I wasn't really focusing on the entertainment there, but maybe I was in a, uh, yeah in that way yeah in the back of your mind back knowing, of my mind yeah knowing that it's it's you know it's it's about building relationships and about getting your name out there knowing the people and you sound when you started doing that selling shoes you've been entertaining the central valley for a long time and what what types of stuff has changed what type of stuff has stayed the same i mean what as far as weddings and and parties and and places that you go out to um what's been the similarities and differences throughout the years in Stockton? Well, of course, you know, going back in, going back in time, you know, during the, the 70s, um, Stockton was very brisk. I mean, you could go downtown and go out. You can go out north and go out. So there were a lot of places to go. People at that time, um, of course, the economy was different. There was a lot of employment. So you could see people, they were dressing up a little bit more versus the casual attire. Um, I can't remember if they drank as much back then. I just can't remember that part, you know what I mean? But even the laws were different then, so you could, you know. <laughs> but um, as time went on, you know, everything started to take on more of a casual type of feel to it. Um, people didn't dress up as much. So it's just a lot of things. You could, you could easily see the changes. And there were more bands back there versus, let's say, DJs during that time. So now more people are leaning toward using DJs than live bands. I think bands are coming back, though. I see a lot of bands, but not the traditional band. Now I see the two-piece or the three-piece group. And they're doing wineries, and they're doing wine lounges and bars and restaurants. But not the large band, but the smaller group. Or you can see large bands that will pair themselves down to a smaller group, like a duo, duet, or a trio, and entertain. Why is that? Why is it that bands have gotten smaller? Is it the, the obvious answer seems that it's the technology, but I see just like you said, you go to places and there's two guys and a guitar 
2002 guitars. I didn't start seeing that until the last few years either. Why is that? I think if, if the, let's say a location is going to pay you $300 for the night. Well, 300 divided by five is, is different than 300 <laughs> divided by two. <laughs> you know, I think that's the major driving force, you know, um, economics. And, of course, you take up a lot less space. When did you start getting really busy into the wedding business? Probably like around 95 when we were kind of leaving the modeling. We were transitioning into the DJing part. Mm. So I got a job at the back door. Oh, boy. At the oh, back door. So a lot of people... Know the back door, oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and uh, they had they had bands at the back door, and we were just there two nights a week to do karaoke, two nights a week, and they had a band that was there for a long time. Then they left. Another band came in, and the owner Joe French, just you know, uh, bless her soul, she's a wonderful businesswoman, um, told the band, "Now I need you to learn some more music in your sets, because the sets became very predictable." Mm. And they didn't, and Joe said, no. A good friend of mine named Richard said, Joe, why don't you have Marquis take over the rest of the nights when they had never done DJ? Hmm. So we started, and uh, you could watch it, because it, it was like this. And then as we continued, it was a fun night, played a good variety of music, line dance, everybody had fun. Next it was like this, a little bit and it was like this. A little bit more every time. And then it got to a point where there was no cover charge at that time. It was like a, it was probably a 40, 40 minute wait to get in. Wow. And people just waited. Um, some gentlemen came along and said, I think we'd like to take over this business. Because if you just sat there and you watched, they say, why would you not? Yeah. So they took it over and they put a $5 cover charge on. When they put the $5 cover charge on, people still wow. packed and waited. Then the guys go, okay, let's put a $10 cover on. They put a $10 cover charge and gave them, I think, two or three drink tickets. Line wasn't as long. People still waited. Mm. As I watched that, I, 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 at that point, I thought to myself, these people are coming here for a reason. Mm-hmm. Okay, If you can be in a situation, you can look at it when it's like this. And now it's like this, and you've been there the whole time. Then there's probably some things you can attribute to you. To your, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got to that point and I said, you know, I asked the guy, I said, it'd be nice if I can make a little more money. And the first time with that $5 cover, he said, well, just wait a little while. Okay. $10 cover came up. Mm-hmm. I said, the guy said, well, I don't know. Can, uh, can we talk about it? So we sat down. He said, I know that if you leave, it's going to be a change. I already know that. Um, are you willing to negotiate? But at that time, you know what? Not really. I just I couldn't see. I couldn't see light in the tunnel. You know, I, I can see the growth, but for me, so I it was time to go. And I left, and that's what I was doing full time. So I left, and. Um, just fortunately for me, the next month was going, it was good, we were getting close to Christmas. I had a month of nights I'd had to take away for Christmas parties. And uh, so that was one of those changes of things that come up in life that are actually good things, maybe blessings in disguise sometimes. Mm-hmm. A little scary at first sometimes, but yeah. Is that when you jumped into weddings? Is that how you made that transition? Or Yeah, because being there, people say, oh, you do weddings? And you go, okay, I can do a wedding. <laughs> I studied it and I watched 
And I remember one wedding I did. That was when they had the, um, they were using the uh, single tray CD players mm. with um, uh, No Way I Skip. <laughs> and I think the wedding was in, was in uh, Modesto. And so we had them on the table and they're dancing. And all of a sudden they were dancing like a first dance. And somebody, boop, just skipped. <laughs> oh. You know, and that was one of my first ones, and I was sitting there, I was going, man, please. Because I didn't want to hold the disc in my hand while <laughs> hold the player. <laughs> but I remember that very well, and I, that was kind of one of the first in the beginning. And then from that point, just kind of kept, kept doing more weddings and more weddings and more weddings. Fast forward, you've now built a very successful um, wedding business, wedding entertainment business, uh, amongst other things, but... I think everybody that uh, I've ever met knows Marquis because of that business. How have you grown to be so? How have you grown the business to be so successful? What are your secrets? You know, I don't really know if it's in a, a secret. <laughs> I, I mean, really, because if it was a secret, I wouldn't. Well, I would, no, I would share. <laughs> but um, you know, as I go back in time, you know, I've always, I've always liked people, you know, and I've always been a, a very relationship-based kind of guy. You know, if I see you, if we have eye contact for any period of time, then we're going to meet. Hi, how you doing? And you are? And that part, the personal part, just really carries everything because, you know, people need to smile. If they're not smiling, someone can be the one to create that smile through introduction or through something. So that part was always there for me. Um, If I can make people look good, I know I win. Mm-hmm. I make people look good, make people feel good. You always win. Um, the consistency factor is if you're just doing the same thing over and over again. You know, you're not waving that one day you're great, the next day not so great. Uh, the consistency factor, being very warm and personal to people. The honesty, honesty, you know, if you're wrong, you're wrong, and you can apologize for being wrong. And having that feeling within that you know you can continue to grow and continue to learn. And I think as long as you you have those, you can always continue to grow. So those are things that have always been close to me, always been close to me. You've dealt with a lot of people over the course of your career um, in weddings, in DJing, and Stockton gets a bad rap for having people that a lot of folks who don't live here uh, feel are unsavory or anything, but in your dealings with the people of Stockton, what what have your dealings been? Positive? I mean, what do you feel about the people of Stockton through what you've done? Through my through my personal experiences, I've had a great time. A lot of things that happen in Stockton, you know, on a negative basis, I would never have known if I wouldn't have read the paper. So, from personal experiences, I can't even say this is bad, that's bad. And granted, I mean, there's probably, no matter where you grow up, there's certain places you should be at a certain time of night and certain places you probably shouldn't be. And even when I'm out and about and doing different locations, people say, where are you from? I say, stock, and they get that, oh. And I just say, you know what? I live there. It works for me. I have a great time. Nothing, I can't think of anything negative that's really happened to me. I think that, you know, we work with kids from time to time speaking to kids, and there's a lot of things that people do that we don't correct them. We don't say that's not the way to do that or, or question why do you do that or give them an alternative. We just assume that they know it's not right. 
So all the time I tell people, when people do something like that, stop and, and, and mention to them. I mean, you don't have to continually say something every time you see them, but say something. You know, this guy walked in front of me the other day, and I said, and he walked in front of me, and I was talking to someone, and he cut in the conversation that I was in. So I told him, I said, oh, excuse me, I didn't mean to interrupt you. And then he said, oh, no, I interrupted you. I said, that's okay. We used to say, excuse me. He said, oh, I got that. I said, now, and he started to walk away. I said, are you not going to introduce yourself to me? I said, you entered our conversation. You now have to introduce yourself. So if we can give people things, I think that's, that's a help because they don't, a lot of times not getting it from anywhere else. And what they do get from other places might be kind of a negative thing that seems to be embraced. Yeah, it's it's not just, and I'm I'm gonna say this because this is how this is what I heard you say in my words. It's taking responsibility as a community member, not just in a silo, not just a you know you you, you can see bad things and you can see small bad things, but that people should stop and and. And when appropriate, talk about it. Have a conversation. Yeah. Have a have a dialogue. That's what. And I think those people will appreciate it. I mean, they're not going to look at you in a bad way. I mean, um, you know, and and some might, but that's okay. But at least we're able to 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 give and and, and to embrace, you know. And, and as that continues to multiply, multiply. In the class I was talking, I remember seeing people, and they were I, they were sitting down, and I said, "How you doing?" And they were sitting down. They, I said. And even adults, I said, I pulled my hand back so they had to get up. I said, you know, we stand up and we shake. We don't just, like it was too much trouble, right? So now these kids, you watch them, so we shake hands, they're sitting down, but now they get up. And now they look at people when they shake. So those are the things I think that, that will, and that could be anywhere we go, but I try as best I can to, to embrace people in that manner. And, and to that, that line, um, you have a very uncanny ability to recall names. I, I, I got that uh, lesson when I first walked in the door, but of all the people that you've dealt with over the course of, of the, the years that you've done it, how do you remember everybody's names? Well, I have a battery. It's a, <laughs> I have a nine volt battery and it's called a retention cell battery. And so what you do with these batteries, they're very expensive to buy. So when you meet people, use the positive and negative side of the battery and you input the constants and vowels of names and help you to remember names. What? <laughs> no. You know, it, it's funny because I do, when I do events and weddings, I have a battery, a 9-volt. And I'll meet people and they'll say, I'll type in, they go, what are you doing? I say, I'm putting your name in the battery. They go, what do you mean? I go, I use a retention cell battery, use the positive and negative side, put the constants and vowels and names in. You've practiced that speech a time or two. <laughs> and they go, okay, so it puts information in the battery. And some people you can see look on their face, they don't believe it anyway. Like, no. They say, so how does the information get from the battery into here? I said, you know what? I can share that with you if you purchase one of these. <laughs> but um no, it's just memory. Some people use association. I just use memory. Um, I can go faster. And, and, and what I, so we talked about being personable with people. Mm -hmm. And I've, I learned at a point through that that people, how 
special people feel when you remember something as simple as your name. Because these people came back and they and you and they said, What's my name? You said the name, they go, You remember my name? I said, Yes, because you told me. So it's almost like it's not normal. That you these people are not gonna remember not your normal. name. No, not it's gonna not, <laughs> not anymore. Yeah. I mean, nobody remembers nobody remembers people's names. And and the fact that and, and I shared this with you when um when you first arrived today that Everybody that I know that I have mentioned Marquis has a story that you've remembered names. Like that's, that's, if there's any one thing, that's the thing. And I had shared with you that this would have been 16, 17 years ago that you hosted a, uh, an event for my employer and you knew instantly, even though that company has been out of business for more than a decade, you knew exactly, exactly <laughs> when and where and who. And, and that and you want to, as it relates to your business being successful, it, it's it's clearly. I mean, if there's a trend here, not that it's my job to identify the trend of your success, but it's about the people. Yeah. And it seems to me that your ability to remember, because I was really hoping that there was going to be some trick with a nine volt. I'm looking at <laughs> the studio for a nine volt because I have. I, I don't have. I don't have a good memory and that's that's an excuse but I don't remember things well unless I unless I write them down and something but but arguably I mean clearly I do remember some things I remember right. some things I'm fanatically uh, I, I can remember but um, it's just always seems to be that that's everybody has that that story and have you, have you always been that way is it something you developed in this business no I just I had a good memory when I was young good for memorizing things um, I, don't, I can't tell you exactly when I started using that at weddings. It was probably just running around, just meeting a bunch of people, and then their names stuck, and then I was doing it. And then as time went on, I just continued. But now it's even harder than ever now because people expect it. Mm. So now I get to a wedding, and they're going, that's the guy. I saw you. You remember all the names. So now you, you have to do it. But the, the reward is the same. And I, and I feel regardless of how talented we are in business it's people that will actually carry us through how successful we become it's not going to be just because we're we're intelligent or very talented you know it's going to be more than that and it's the people that surround you and because as a matter of fact you know even even you gentlemen have done a lot in our success and you might not have realized that but really you have i mean in terms of um, today in terms of things that you said in conversations when certain things came up, you embraced, embraced it, and it wasn't a negative conversation. Oh, that guy, oh, you know. So I, that's, uh, those are the things that help us to grow as people and in business and good ethics, Yeah, good ethics. And you, and we keep tossing around the word prolific because if I think of a wedding entertainer in Stockton, you're the first name that, that comes up and I remember, I believe you wrote you wrote something on your website um, at some point about how to, you know, how, how to hire a, a good DJ. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and tips to look for, right? So what, what, you know, obviously you are the most prolific wedding DJ, wedding entertainer in the Central Valley. But what are what, what are those tips when you tell people that you know they need to hire a, a good entertainer? What what should people be looking for? I I feel this is funny because I get people call me. A lot of people will call, and some of their questions to me will be, are you available on a certain date? How much? 
And I tell people, I said, you know, I don't get price on the phone because there's no way I can explain to you on the phone what we do. And as they go through and they get four or five prices, a lot of people said, you know what? They all do the same thing. Let's take the lowest price, mm. uh, which is not true like in any occupation. Right. So my information I give to them is that I think you need to, first thing you need to do is do a little homework. I mean, you can go online, you can look at websites, look for reviews, you can ask a few people. Then you need to meet with this person. Um, the meeting is going to tell you a lot of things. I, it can tell you a lot of things on the phone. When you meet with them, you're going to see the person. Uh, how are they dressed? Are they dressed as though they dressed in preparation to meet with you? Or they dress like they just happen to be in the area and now you meet with them. Mm-hmm. When you sit and talk to them, are they embracing you and your wedding? Or are they talking about what they do? So a lot of people in the wedding industry, when they get married, their wedding will not really be what they really envisioned. Their wedding ends up being what was provided. And to further explain that is that if I sit down with a couple, we're going to spend 45 minutes to an hour together talking about them. Because they'll say, Marquis, all the questions you're asking are not entertainment-related questions. And I know. But I'm looking at your picture. Because it all relates to each other. It all, it all transitions together. So let me learn a little about you and what you like and what you want the wedding to be. And let's create that. Um, but normally it's not like that. It's normally they come in and sit down and the guy's talking about music. We can do this. We do the miking. We do this. We do this. At no time during that conversation was the question ever asked, what do you want your wedding to be? Hmm. Um, what are you looking to do? She's, the guy says, well, don't worry about di- I can, dinner music. I can play dinner music. Don't worry about cocktail. I can take care of that because I use the same disc at every wedding. <laughs> so at no time during that wedding are their personalities really emerging, really, besides the fact visually. Mm-hmm. But music, they didn't pick it. They picked a few songs. They're dancing in the evening to songs that maybe this guy plays every wedding. So it's the cookie cutter. Yeah. And maybe he didn't meet him, but it wasn't important to meet him because... It's just music, yeah. right? Yeah. I need to meet you. You must be the bride. You must be the groom. Are you DJ? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... Um, a little bit different outlook for me. That's why a guy must say, meet him, sit down, see if you like him. For me, I want to see if I like him too. But uh, <laughs> you to know, make sure that you know there's <laughs> there's a good flow there. And when you sit down with people, my favorite are bridezilla. I love bridezillas. Oh, I love <laughs> bridezillas. People say like them. I say, oh, I love them because a bridezilla in my opinion, is the girl that comes in and she's kind of a controlling, hands-on young lady. And she's used to controlling stuff and she wants it a certain way. But you can't tell her, don't worry, everything will be okay because she's going, okay, well, like everything like what? (laughs) So she needs to visualization and be able to touch it. When those girls come in and you paint the picture for them and you can see them sitting there like this Mm. and then like this, and they're like this. They start buying it. A little closer. Yes. Then And they're like this, and they're going. And he's standing there, and he goes, honey, I like this. He likes it because he's not used to seeing her like this. <laughs> like, like buying into everything <laughs> someone's saying, right? 
And those girls, yeah, they've seen the program. When they go for it, and you see them at their wedding, and they look like guests at their own wedding, and their photographs come back well because they're happy, when you get that referral, people know, well, she's really picky. So if she liked you, but that's the process. Yeah. Because you've done weddings for so long now, I, I, you are moving on into other avenues of entertainment. We just got a small glimpse through your text messaging, which we'll let you plug there in a second too, of the Superman glide. Ready, go. What is that? Superman glide. Love the Superman glide. There was um, probably 25, maybe 25, 30 years ago, I wrote a rap. And I always remembered it. And from time to time, I just played with it around people. Didn't have any music to go with it, or plus I just heard a beat. And uh, I have a good friend, Ronnie Moten. Ronnie play, lives locally, plays with Confunction, the band Confunction. He's a sax player. So we were playing basketball, and I mentioned it to Ronnie one day. He said, you know, he goes, you, you should come in the studio. Let's, let's take a look at it. Let's play with it. So we went to Ronnie's studio, and we started playing with Superman Glide. Mm -hmm. So he asked me what songs I liked that would be close to that, you know, what kind of beat. You know, I liked the Yeah beat. It was kind of a cool beat. So we took that beat. with, And it's interesting enough, you know, the type of musician, artist he is, he didn't just copy it. He was a similarity but not the same. And then he helped me with some of the, of course, some of the music and some of the words to it, just background vocals. And we put it together. So after we put Superman Glide together, in my mind, I'm going, okay, I have to add something to this because if I just do it as a song, song sits there and it kind of goes away. I have to put something in it that will give us some longevity. Mm -hmm. And then we create the Superman Glide dance step. So that piece will give it a little more longevity. And so we put it out there, and we're at schools doing and different events and showing people how to do it. Um, Deborah was instrumental because, you know, when we started working on the dance steps, we needed her femininity because it's going to be ladies and men doing it, so you don't want it to be a masculine step and the women are trying to do it. So Debbie came in and Dee Dee, and we worked to put, all, put the steps together, and then we just kept moving it around. Went to Vegas this year, DJ convention, and one of the reasons to go to the Vegas DJ convention was to give out Superman Glide business cards. So all the guys were meeting out there were giving out cards. Superman Glide was kind of a, like a, a component that, that allowed us to do some fun stuff with. Because now people go, what is this, Superman Glide, really? You know how to do it? No, we'll teach you. And we have the T-shirts and, of course, the disc. And it's kind of almost like being a part of uh, where you have the microphone and you have a, a show. And you can get in here now because, mm -hmm. because you have that vehicle. Yeah. And even though we weren't looking at totally the vehicle, it still allows us to do some fun stuff with it that we haven't even done yet. And you have an interesting way of delivering information about Superman Glide to people. <laughs> if, somebody's, if somebody's listening to this right now and they're not driving, but they're sitting and they're listening to this and they want to know right this second about Superman Glide. You've made it pretty easy for them. Yeah, all they need to do is get their cell phone and send me a text message. And if they text in 55469, no area codes, just text 55469 to Superman Glide, one word, a message comes back to them in text form. And then there's a link, go to the link, and it'll be no time before they'll be doing 
the Superman Glide. <laughs> you are tired of watching other people do the electric slide and the cha-cha slide and the hokey pokey. You just took it into your own hands and, and, and created a dance that hopefully people will, will sweep the nation, right? Well, I, you know, you're right. I was around the others. I'm around the others a lot. You probably played cha-cha slides more times oh, than... Oh, and Cupid Shuffle. Oh, and, we're done. That's cool. You know, we yeah, all the time. And I thought, you know, this would be fun, but... Um, I hadn't really gotten that far as, as some creating something really unique in terms of different. But one thing I did think is that if I'm going to put this song out there, there's got to be something, again, that gives it some type of longevity. And a song by itself, it just it sit there and then it kind of, you know. But the step is forever. So no matter where we go, do you know how to do Superman Glide? No. Hey, DJ. Crank that Superman. So, so you know that. <laughs> When you're uh, at your next wedding and all of a sudden the DJ cues up Superman Glide, you know it came right here from yeah, Stockton. There you go. And Marky. You mentioned that you've been at schools doing things and teaching kids Superman Glide. What, what, what other work are you doing with schools? Well, at this point, um, a lot of, we do a lot of school dances. So it's probably about 15 schools, mostly junior high, that we do school dances the for. The most awkward age school dances. Oh, you know, it's great. We have such so much fun. But the thing is, again, even on the DJ part, there are DJs that are DJs and they play good music, good mix. But they're all the DJ is the personable DJ. Now, the difference between the two is when you go to certain events, some events you're going to have to be personable. And you're going to have to get people out there because a lot of times they wouldn't even go out there if you didn't pull them out there. No. They'll be sitting there like this going, okay. So sometimes you have to get them out there and you have to embrace them by conversation. And then once people are comfortable with their environment, they'll do things they normally don't do. And even with kids, you know, little kids off the junior high dances, everybody, come here. All the kids come over. We're not gonna have a dance, we're gonna have a party. Ready? And the girls are going, the guys are going, you guys ready? Let's go ahead and do this. But once you develop that with the kids, it's, it's amazing because now that you're approachable and they're having fun. You know, we're doing a school dance and we're going from um, a hip-hop song and then we're going from hip-hop to Don't Stop Believing. <laughs> and the kids are singing Don't Stop Believing. So, yeah. Kids know that song? <laughs> Incredibly. We did it at the prom, at a Bear Creek High prom. And they wanted hip-hop. We played some hip-hop, played some Latin. Went to Don't Stop Believing, and all the kids out there singing. Yesterday we did Elkhorn. Yeah. Put on Don't Stop Believing. Those kids are singing. Wow. The words to Don't Stop hey, Journey. Journey's timeless. Oh, there you go. my God. Yeah. There you go. And speaking of songs, there has to be that one annoying song that you won't play at a wedding. Oh, there's a few of those. <laughs> like, <laughs> what are, there, there what are, are the banned substances in a marquee event? <laughs> You know, as I think about it, now there's some songs that are like I call, I call like traditional wedding songs that I never play. Like I never play Celebration unless they want, ask for it. I don't play YMCA unless they ask for it. Uh, what are the songs on the list I don't play? There's probably a few more that I just never play unless they say I really want to hear it. Hmm. Matter of fact, I have a list. It's funny because when we sit down with a couple, I give them a list of the most popular wedding songs which of these do you not want to hear at your wedding? <laughs> and so they just mark off the ones they don't want to hear. But if you didn't ask that question, for a lot of guys, those would be some of the songs they would play. Mm -hmm. The go-tos. Yes. 
So I've had girls that go in there and they mark almost everything off. No old time rock and roll, no in the mood, no super freak, no brick house, <laughs> no shout, no uh Yeah. It's, so at least you know what not to play. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Marquis, thank you so much for coming on to Podcast Talking today. Well, you know, I I I really appreciate this. This has been a lot of fun. You know, this has been a lot of fun and uh you know, I'll be thinking about the three of you for a long time. You know, for people out there that are that are in business, or even if you're not in business, just we as individuals, I think there's a lot of growth that people can do. And, you know, just design your movements, your life in a good way, good ethics, honesty, consistency. If you say you're going to do it, do it. If it hurts, it's okay. Just do it. Be a person of your word. Uh, and understand that your growth is going to be almost not quite totally, but dependent upon how you are with people. Because those people are going to be the ones that, that say good things about you. And I always thought the biggest one was that if in your absence you're not there and your name came up in a bad way and people that were there came to your rescue even when you weren't there. I mean, at that point, you know that things are, are going well. Yeah, you've done all right. Why don't you tell our listeners where they can find out more information about your, your business? You can, there's a couple of ways to do it. You could actually go to the website, which is Marquis, M-A-R-Q-U-I-S-E-N-T, like entertainment, DJS.com. Or if you want, you feel like you're in a texting mood, you want to find out where we're going to be, you can text 55469 to Marquis, the message, M-A-R-Q-U-I-S, and it will just send you from time to time, or actually on a weekly basis, where we're going to be if we're doing karaoke or dancing during the evening. All right, great. Thank you very much for coming on the podcast, Stockton. Thank you. From the man of steel and show you how to Superman lies. Although I sleep, I never rest. Criminals rate me as one of the best. Check out my cape, S on my chest. Save your bullets, buddy. I got a bulletproof chest. Although trap was never my set, I'm faster than a speeding bullet. I wear a three-piece suit, matching tie, X-ray vision, and yes, I can fly. All of you Lois Lanes and Clark Kent, put your hands on your hips and let me show you. Thanks for listening to Podcast Stockton. We'd love to hear your feedback. Call or text our listener line at 565-3229. Email us at podcaststockton at gmail.com. Or find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, username Podcast Stockton. Yeah, and again, big thanks to Marquis for coming on the show today. For all the information about Marquis Entertainment, go to Marquis entdjs.com and of course we'll put links in the show notes to all the places uh, where you can find out about Marquee Entertainment and don't forget to text Superman Glide all one word to 55469 again that's Superman Glide to 55469 and thanks again to Marquee for introducing us to the Superman Glide from the podcast Stockton crew, Matt, Rod, Manny, Greg, and myself, until next time, make it great, Stockton. Walk it out to the left. Walk step it. right, step left. Do the Superman fly. The Superman fly.
I've got a leap in the ability plus 10 pounds for power. I can leap tall buildings in a single bound. I'm making your city a safe place to live. I'm more powerful than a locomotive. I'm a well-dressed reporter for the Daily Planet News. My fighting fighting colors are red and blue. Most women think I'm sexy. The men won't confess. A fumble, a favorite place to undress. I was born on a planet north of the sun. I'm familiar to most. It's called a Krypton. I came to the earth from a planet far away. Fighting crime part-time during my stay. Invincible, unstoppable, protecting what is right. I'm in the world of trouble versus kryptonite. Cause I'm Clark Kent, a mild-mannered guy. I pull off my shirt, I'm ready to fly. Shoot me with a bullet, I feel no pain. My girlfriend is Lois Lane. So all you troublemakers out in the crowd, you're staring hard and talking loud. You say to your friend, who is that man? It's the bird, it's the flame, well, I'm Superman. Now everybody glide the Superman. Left now, glide. Step to the left now, Superman, glide.